0: We're reading from 1 John 1. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life, that life was revealed and we have seen it, and we testify and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us, What we have seen and heard, we also declare to you, so that you may also have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light and there is absolutely no darkness in him. If we say, we have fellowship with him, and yet we walk in darkness, we are lying and are not practicing the truth. If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say, we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His word is not in us. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Hi, um, <coughs> me. I have a hunch. And my hunch is this: I think that uh, Christmas, as it is sold to us in society, is a lie, uh, or, or perhaps not so much a lie as it is um, hiding a deeper truth. Now, you see, Christmas is a time of the year when we celebrate all things and uh, as being fine. You know, we heard even this morning how, in all the Christmas cards and things, we see Jesus as this cute little baby. And I mentioned a few weeks ago that this is the time of the year where we bury all the dirt under the family carpet and just pretend it doesn't exist. Now, in a couple of hours, most of us are going to sit down for our Christmas lunches, aren't we, with our families and we are going to ignore the deep cracks and the brokenness in our families for the sake of just having a nice Christmas together. We're going to look past the obvious flaws uh, that are in our relatives for the sake of Christmas. Everyone knows this is uh, how we do it. It's an unspoken societal rule. This is what you are supposed to do during Christmas time. But that's not being honest, is it? Christmas isn't actually all it's cracked up to be. As soon as the lunch starts, someone will make a passive aggressive comment, which highlights the fact that things are not all as they should be. The toys, which were brand new this morning, will already lie broken on the floor somewhere. And the food, as delicious as it is, uh, will not last. And in, uh, inevitably, the Christmas celebration will end and we will lift up that carpet and the family dirt will spill out once more. And in a few days, even the delicious leftovers will be rotting away and be in a garbage bag somewhere. And all the plastic toys that are now broken will be in the recycling and when at last the credit, bill, uh, credit card bill arrives, we will get a shock and scramble to figure out how we're going to pay it off. And then next year, we're going to do it all over again. Now, in some ways, celebrating Christmas this way is buying into a fake facade. It's a kind of artificial cover-up for our deeper issues. But there is something inherently beautiful about it too, isn't there? When you've been to a great Christmas feast, it is truly enjoyable. You can be yourself in some ways. You can enjoy the goodness of, uh, of the food and the stuff that's spread out around you. You can relish genuinely the company of those around you. Your extended family can enjoy one another's company and there is, in some ways, a deep sense of connectedness and rightness when we celebrate meals like that. And <clears throat> this is the biblical concept of of true fellowship. It means to, to truly belong together, which is something we experience very rarely, but often we do so during Christmas. It's a sense of being related to one another despite the obvious issues that we have. But the problem is that with Christmas, as Lisa is celebrated by the majority of our society today, is that this is a false sense of fellowship. It is a, a false pretensey fellowship. It's a kind of belonging that isn't honest about the issues we have. It's a belonging that is purchased by the good food and the bountiful gifts. It's a belonging that demands that we cover up the dark spots of ourselves for a few hours so that we can live in the light of our family connections. Now, I also have a hunch that some of us do this pretending work better than others. It's like the reflection song we sang this morning during our offerings. Some of us feel that there's this disconnect between our reality and the supposed reality of the magic of Christmas. And we feel that disconnection much more keenly at a time like this, where we are perhaps suffering through our own silent night while all is really not calm and bright around us. What do we do with Christmas if we feel like, you know, darkness is kind of encroaching on our lives and, and really Christmas just highlights how distant we are from the real kind of belonging and fellowship that Christmas celebrations are supposed to foreshadow? Maybe you're feeling this disconnect between your reality and the reality of Christmas as we see it on TV today if that's true, why do we do it? Why do we go on celebrating Christmas this way year after year? Why do we go on hunting for this kind of belonging when our reality is, is really quite different to that? Well, the Bible actually gives us a very clear answer to this. We do this every year because we have a deep need to belong. We were created to have fellowship. We have this drive for belonging within us. All of us need to belong somewhere. This need to belong is something we all feel. It's something that both philosophers and scientists understand well. A sense of belonging is so critical to who we are that a feeling of belonging is correlated with with and predicts our mental, physical, emotional, social, economic and behavioural outcomes in life. That means that we can predict with a fair amount of certainty how well someone will do in life based on how much they feel like they belong, particularly as children. Success in life is predicted by belonging. That's why our national um, you know, educational curriculum framework for Australia for the early years has as its foundation point, children need to have a sense of belonging. We all deeply need to fit, to belong. And the problem is that every place of belonging we have here on earth is somehow broken and somehow temporary. Temporary. You and I have a need to belong eternally, but every place of belonging here on earth is temporary. I mean, let's just think about that for a second. What are the uh, standard places of belonging? Obviously, the family is one. But if you're honest with yourself, your family is kind of disappointing, isn't it? Your family members will at some point hurt you or betray you, and there are times when you don't even belong in your own family. What about your school or your place of work? These create a sense of belonging, but they're temporary. Eventually, you'll either get fired, promoted, or retire. And that sense of belonging will be taken from you. If it's at school, you will move on to another school when you graduate grade 6, or you will graduate out of year 12, or you will drop out, and that point of belonging will be taken from you. What about a social club that you can belong to, a footy club or a a, um, social club of some other sort? Eventually, you'll be too old to play or the club will fail or go bankrupt and again, your sense of belonging is stolen. And so we create these spaces where we can belong because we desperately need it, but every place we find is ultimately disappointing in some way. We don't get to belong the way we're supposed to, deeply, fully, perpetually and eternally. And so because we don't belong in this full, perpetual, deep and eternal kind of way, the reality is that none of us actually belong really anywhere. But there is a solution to that problem. And 1 John 1 gives us the solution. John says you can belong truly, deeply, perpetually and eternally if you look for your belonging in the right place. And the key insight that this scripture gives us is that true biblical belonging comes not from a Christmas party where we pretend that the bad stuff doesn't exist, comes not from being part of a club which ultimately fails or ends and does not come from being part of a group of people who will ultimately hurt and betray you. No, true and deep, perpetual, eternal belonging comes from a person. Belonging is a person, Jesus. And so how do we belong? Well, 1 John 1 verse 3 tells us, What we have seen, what we heard, we also declare to you, so that you may also have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Now, I have to admit that 1 John 1, uh, the first sort of four verses, is quite a complex piece of text. And if you read it, it's kind of confusing. So, what's going on here? (coughs) Well, what John is saying here is that uh, that he and the other apostles were with Jesus. So, they've seen, they've heard, they were with Jesus wherever he went and they are testifying to Jesus' ministry here on earth. In essence, that's what the what we have seen and heard and declared to you stuff is. It's the gospel of Jesus' work. Basically, it's John's way of saying, we're sharing the good news of Jesus with you. And so, the good news is that Jesus was born as a baby. Pardon me, just hang on a second. Uh, Jesus was born in a baby. He was laid down as a baby in a manger. We know that he came in human form, God in flesh, God incarnate as a boy. That's what Christmas is all about. But John's and the apostles' testimony is not just that Jesus gets born, but that he came with a mission. He came and lived a perfect life. He wasn't just some wise sage that gave us wise teachings which we can take or leave. No, he was utterly different to you know, like the Buddha or Gandhi or any of the other sages of the other religions. Jesus came with a purpose and that purpose uh, is what John and the other apostles are sharing with people. He came uh, to live a perfect life and to die for us so that we can belong, so that we can have fellowship with, with them, with the apostles and with God, the Father and the Son. And so what John is saying is, Why are we so keen on sharing the gospel? Why do we want to go on talking about this, what we have seen and heard stuff with you? It's so that we can belong, not just into a group of people with other Christians, but so that you can belong with God. So that everyone who follows and listens to this testimony will have a deep and perpetual eternal belonging with God through Jesus Christ. Now, the natural question for us to ask is this point is, why can't we just belong with God without Jesus? Why is it that they want to share this testimony of Christ Himself? If it's true that we were made to be in a relationship with God, if we were made to belong to and with God, why can't we just do that without Christ? I mean... What's the issue? Why don't we all just feel this deep sense of belonging with God naturally anyway? It's because there's this separation between us and God. And if you've been following along with our Garden to Garden City series that we've been working through this year, you would know this by now. There is this thing that separates us, us and God and that, that chasm is, is our own sin and the sin we've inherited as broken people. It's our insistence that we can live a perfectly good life quite apart from God. We, we kind of want to be our own Lord, we want to be our own God, we want our own lives apart from God's law and, and rulership. And we fail to do what's right and we often choose to do what's wrong and that brokenness separates us from God in a way that means we can never belong to Him. Never belong with Him because He is holy and pure and just and demands perfection. And the biblical picture is this, that you are a sinner. And that separates you from God's presence forever. You don't belong because you are a hopeless sinner. And so am I. But now if you're human, which I think you all are, when we hear that, our hearts react pretty strongly to that, don't they? We, we hear that and we think, now hang on a moment, preacher man, that's not quite fair. Surely I'm not that bad of a person. I'm as good as the next person walking down the road, actually I'm probably a little bit better. I give to charity, I help out at the soup kitchen, I, I, when I see someone in need I do what I can, I, I don't steal, I, I pay my taxes, I don't cheat, I'm, I'm a good law-abiding citizen. Calling me a hopeless sinner seems a little bit harsh. But friends, that's my point. Because here is what the Bible says in our text. If we don't admit that we have this problem, if we don't admit that we are in fact hopeless sinners, that we have this separation from God, if we don't come to the point where we realize that we are hopeless sinners, then we are eternally cast out of God's presence and we can never belong. We will remain forever what we are now, that is, children of God's wrath. Not adopted children, not children who belong, but children destined to live forever outside of God's presence in eternal hell and damnation. Never belonging, never finding what our hearts need at the deepest level belonging is a person jesus but we cannot have christ we can't have the baby we can't have the savior on the cross unless we admit that we are but hopeless sinners this is how john puts it in verse six he says if we say we have fellowship with him that is we have christ and yet we walk in the darkness we are lying and not practicing the truth if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of the Jesus the Son cleanses us from sin. So unless we come to accept that we are hopeless sinners stumbling around in darkness, needing the light of Christ to expose our sinfulness, our darkness and, to, and for his blood to cleanse us from our sin, then Jesus' birth as a baby at Christmas is bad news for us because we will forever be lost in non-belonging. And unless you and I come to realise that we are hopeless sinners stumbling around in darkness and we need the light of Christ to shine on our own sinful darkness, then we cannot be cleansed from our sin. And the blood which Jesus ultimately sheds on the cross to pay for sins of all who believe will never cleanse us unless we accept that we need to be cleansed. To be able to truly belong, we need to first be honest about our own spiritual standing. You are a hopeless sinner and so am I. And the Bible here is absolutely condemning, condemning about claiming to be a Christian when our lives don't reflect the love we have for Jesus if we say we have fellowship with him, if we claim to be Christians and yet we walk in the darkness, we are lying and not practicing the truth, you cannot claim to belong to Jesus and live a life that doesn't reflect your love for him. The Bible straight up calls you a liar when you do that. Jesus himself said something similar. He said, how do you uh, he's answering the question, how do you know if you belong to him or not? In Matthew chapter 7, verse 20, he says, you'll recognize them by their fruit, by how their lives are lived. And then he goes on to say, this is Jesus himself, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one, of him, the, the one who does the will of him, my Father in heaven. And then he goes on to say, on that day of judgment, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we drive out demons in your name or do miracles by your name? And I will say to him, says Jesus, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evildoer. So how do we know if we're in or not? How do we know if we belong to Jesus or not? John gives us this simple test. If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, then Jesus is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to clean us from all unrighteousness. So today as we reflect on the baby born Christmas Day, let's remember that he came with a mission. To free us from our sins will you today come and confess your sin will you come on this day of gifts and accept the free gift of forgiveness for your own sin will you turn to jesus and admit that you are but a hopeless sinner will you call on him and accept him as the lord of your life will you come and and belong to this group of people who have found that having jesus belonging to him is far better than the belonging the world can ever offer you. If you confess your sin, he is faithful and righteous to forgive sins and to cleanse you from unrighteousness. So will you come and belong with Christ? Belonging is a person. Will you come? Let me pray. Lord, as we this morning consider our own state before you and the purpose for which you were born, may it be that you will drive these truths deep into our hearts. Lord, through your Holy Spirit, convict us that we are all but hopeless sinners and that this life of mediocrity we live in a moral sense is not up to the standard that you require. Help us to see that you require perfection. And that actually none of us can truly live up to that that we all need a savior and that is why you came you came to redeem sinners so that whoever believes in you would not perish but have eternal life and so now we pray lord that as john says here that our joy might be complete as we all come and submit our lives to you we pray that you will help us to live a life Uh, that really honours the sacrifice that you've made for us. And in a sense that we won't just leave the baby Jesus in the cradle in a stable, but that we will realise that he grew up, came to live a perfect life, to die for our sins, so that we can be cleansed too, if we would but believe and accept this free gift. So this morning we pray that you will change us, that you will grow us, and that you'll mould us so that we can truly belong with you eternally, deeply, and perpetually. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.